One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time, it's my screen time too. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming, from Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen, find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Deborah, And I'm Katie. And I have three kids. Tony is 10 and Libby and Nate are seven. And I have two kids, Jay is four and Kenny is one. They are pretty stinking adorable. So have your kids done anything adorable this week, Deborah? I have a uniquely COVID-19 stay home story that involves my daughter. So they've been doing Zoom calls with their whole class Mm -hmm. as part of their new distance learning. And after a Zoom call last week, Libby got done with her conference play date classroom phone call and she said this other little girl announced to the class that her mom was having twins and she was going to have twin babies in her house which is great news and then I saw this family on a bike trail Mm -hmm. from an appropriate more than six foot distance apart we stopped and chatted and I said I heard the craziest thing after the zoom call on Friday I was like are you expecting and they had no idea that their daughter had revealed <laughs> the big news to the whole first grade class. So it was really cute. And they were okay with, like, with people finding out. They just hadn't started <laughs> people like acquaintances. I don't have a story that's nearly that cute. Let's see. We've been doing daily weather reports with Jay because they were learning about the weather, like different weather terms when he was at school before school let out. So Mm -hmm. we go on walks every morning and then I draw a little outline of the shape of Florida and then I tell him to draw like what the weather is that day and then we record it and sometimes we post it on his class's Facebook page. But originally, as part of this plan, I wanted to make little construction paper neckties so like he could decorate the tie and it would just like hang around his neck with a construction paper ring. (laughs) And he was really into the idea of making the ties, but he refuses to wear them in his little weather reports and it bums me out so much. Oh, that's such a good idea. I just want my little meteorology tie. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Why won't he cooperate? I mean, he wants to make them, which I guess is like more of the point, like fine motor skill development, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just, I don't know. He's just resistant. He can tell how much I want it, I guess. So he's going to be the ty- type of like office. If he works in an office, he'll be like taking this tie off right at the end of the day in his car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I don't like, I wouldn't want to wear a tie if I were a man either. Or he'll be like bucking the system and he'll have it loosened when he's in his office and the boss will always be coming in being like, Don you, Jeffrey, tighten your tie. Show some respect. He'll be like, I don't need to show respect. I'm a maverick. I get the job done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for our screen time in the news article this week, We are discussing uh, a USA Today article from March 24th by April Barton called 
yes, your kids are on screens in these trying times. No, you're not a terrible parent because of coronavirus. The headline is pretty descriptive when it comes to the content of the article. It mm-hmm. is meant to be reassuring to parents because I'm sure even the most vigilant of parents that were strictly observing APA guidelines for how much television or screen time their children got, everyone is having to bend those rules right now. The thing that really made me want to stand up and cheer is when... I read the quote from Michael Rich, the director of the Center on Media and Child Health, and he said, I quote, screen time limits are obsolete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they talk a little bit about how the forbidden fruit approach to screen time was never very effective to begin with because it only makes them want them more. And then there's more of the common sense guidelines that we've talked about as far as it's not about limiting screen time. It's about introducing moderation and making sure your kids have other things to occupy their minds and their bodies instead of just passively sitting in front of a television. But then it does go into other obvious things like there's a difference between sitting blindly in front of a television and, say, using your devices for on-screen distance learning. And we shouldn't blur the two, which is definitely something we've talked about before. How is the increased interactivity that kids have with screens today different from the passive stance of sitting on a couch and watching a video? I found this article on the whole to be pretty encouraging, even though it was mostly stuff that I already knew. I always appreciate kind of a little reminder that other people are going through the same things I am in times like this. How about you? Yeah, it reminded me about the screen time pyramid article we read, Mm -hmm. like maybe about a year ago. And like, clearly, all the classroom learning and stuff that is now online that goes at the bottom (laughs) of the pyramid because you have to do it your kid has to be in school and this is how they're in school now it is personally making me a little bit crazy it feels like my kids are sitting so much Mm -hmm. and I think everybody just does better if they get more physical activity so it's hard like Oh, they're just sitting in front of the screen for school doing these videos that are great. Like their teachers have been on YouTube and stuff like that. But it's I have to keep reminding myself that it's probably not going to last forever. Yes, let's keep telling ourselves that. Just what we have to do right now. I was talking to my cousin on the phone and I have another cousin who is a senior in high school right now. And, you know, pretty much the entire rest of the school year has been canceled he was talking about how she's so disappointed that she's gotten into the college of her dreams and now she's only gonna get to go online and he said it like it was a fait accompli like we've already admitted that no one's going to college in the fall oh I'm with him that made me so sad it is really sad I'm totally in this scenario I'm a glass half empty person (laughs) I see no end in sight for a really long time. Wow, the fall is so far away, though. It feels like it's far away. It does. Maybe it's just because I'm in Florida and I'm standing on the precipice of summer. And summer just feels like it lasts forever. And every minute of sweltering hot summer, I spend wishing for fall. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's extra super duper far away. But I guess... (sighs) In reality, it's not. I really feel sorry for those kids who are in that last year of high school. It must be so hard to not get to do all the milestones that everybody else got to do. Yeah. And 
make such a big deal out of. All right. So major digression. This article did make us feel a little bit better about the amount of screen time we're getting. Is there any screen time other than school screen time that you're happy to give your kids right now? We are still kind of sticking to, believe it or not, no like recreational screen time on school days. And I really, every night I'm like, we should have a family movie night because nobody has to get up for anything the next day. But we've only done family movie nights on the weekend, just like regular. So for us, it's helping to stick to our regular schedule. It just creates a sense of normalcy that I think we wouldn't have otherwise. I am so impressed. That's another thing that this article said that impressed me because some of the guidelines were along the lines of what you just said, like waking up at normal school time, putting on your clothes, not doing everything in pajamas. And yeah, we probably tried that for the first few days, but now we don't even wear pants anymore. (laughs) I heard on my favorite pod, the Daily Zeitgeist, that pants sales are down this year. (laughs) As well they should be. I am looking forward to trying some of the like more educational content because I think we're going to have to fill some more time because the distance learning doesn't last as long as a school day. And so there's a lot of great stuff that we haven't looked at yet. Like Mo Willems has a online lessons, the story pirates podcast. They just opened up like you can get a month long free trial to their subscription content. So I think I'm saving some of that stuff for when school starts back up after spring break. Yeah, that sounds great. And by school, I mean, iPads in my dining room. (laughs) Follow up from previous episodes. Katie, you pointed out that there's a new Cosmic Kids yoga content. Last summer, when we did our YouTube for the summer series, we watched Cosmic Kids yoga, and they have a bunch of different styles of yoga you can do with your kids. We recommend you go back and listen to the episode because it's a good one. It's also a Mm -hmm. good channel, but now they have a new set of programs called Super Yoga, and I don't know, have you seen these yet, Deborah? I just watched like part of one in preparation, and it's sort of like gamifying, video gamifying yoga. Yeah. So Jamie doesn't talk to you, which is the part that I dislike because I love Jamie's positive talk while she's, yeah, she's taking delightful. you through the yoga. Yeah. But the symbols for the different poses are across the top of the screen. And as they fall to the bottom of the screen, you're supposed to do the pose. And it's made to look like it's a video game and you're getting points for doing each pose, even though you're obviously not. We happened upon them the other day because we do do quite a bit of Cosmic Kids for PE time. Mm-hmm. And Jay is super into it. So... That's another thing I've been saving a little bit for my kids for like rainy days, which thankfully we haven't had too many, but there will be bad weather days when we need to stay inside for our brain break times. Yeah, sometimes it's just too hot here, even though it's only the beginning of April. (laughs) (laughs) I also just dipped my toe and I know this is a major screen time blind spot for me. One I'm not entirely upset at, but we just do not use much YouTube kids. Mm -hmm. My kids are young enough that if I put on YouTube, I can just put on whatever it is we're supposed to be watching and they don't really fiddle around with it. But in doing research for the podcast and looking into some channels that might be good for us to check out in future episodes, I signed up for a YouTube kids account and... (laughs) 
I made it to the homepage and I was just so immediately overwhelmed and disappointed. Oh no. Because there's no navigation. Like the only navigation are these icons at the top where you can click like shows, learning, there's like one other, and then like random explore. It's all browsing or like what the algorithm feeds you, which I don't care for either. Yeah. So there's no way as a parent to be like, first of all, I just want my kids to be able to watch these channels. Mm -hmm. And then I was going through and trying to block. And I obviously the first thing that came up, there were like a bazillion blippy videos. So I wanted to block those. Yeah. Can you? For some reason, I would have to go through every single video and block them. Or at least that's what it looked like on first glance. And I could totally be doing it wrong. But I mean, it just made me want to weep the whole experience. So if anyone has good advice on how to navigate YouTube kids, when the bar you want for your children is not just this will not actively harm you (laughs) and you want to set the bar maybe a little bit higher, is there any way to do that? Let us know. That's a good question. Do your kids still use it? Um, Tony, we just bought him a Chromebook for distance learning. Uh-huh. And he was like really disappointed because it only has YouTube kids. Oh. And at, I'm like the parent in control of it. So I have to authorize regular old YouTube, which I haven't yet. So they don't care for YouTube kids. Yeah. Main topic of today is Mystery Dog, because we're delving into some educational content for you all. It's an offshoot of Mystery Science, which was a site founded in 2014 for long-form science lessons for kids that includes hands-on activities. Mystery Dog launched in 2017 and has 5-minute videos that specifically answer kids questions according to the website they've received over 900,000 questions you can't just watch these videos on their website you have to like sign up and give them your email address and then mystery doug sends you the email with the link to the video on mondays in order to get the back catalog of older videos, you have to share the site with five people, which is feels really onerous. Agreed. Katie, were you able to were you able to watch them on YouTube? Yes, you can watch them on YouTube, which okay. I obviously didn't figure out until after I had already bothered five friends with an email about this. They are all available on YouTube, although not there's a minimal amount of interactivity with the videos on the Mystery Doug site. You don't get any of that on YouTube, obviously. Ah, okay. Um, The videos are really geared toward kids in uh, grades K through five. And Mystery Doug was co-founded by a former Facebook employee named Keith Schacht and Doug Peltz. And we picked it because we're looking for content to fill our days in COVID-19 quarantine land. My kids watched a new mystery dog video at school every week and so they really look forward to it and they take the voting on questions at the end of the videos really seriously yeah so we watched the first video 
from Mystery Dog uh, appeared on May 15th, 2017, and it's titled Could a Turtle Live Outside Its Shell? We also watched the most recent video, <laughs> the very prescient How Does Hand Sanitizer Kill Germs? And we both watched two additional vi- episodes on our own. So should we start with one-sentence summaries of the videos we both watched, and then we'll move on to the ones we chose independently? Sounds good. In the very first episode, Could a Turtle Live Outside Its Shell, we are introduced to Doug, who narrates all of the videos, and he explains to us that, no, in fact, a turtle cannot live outside its shell because the shell is actually a part of the turtle's body. (laughs) All right, talk to us about Hansan. In How Does Hand Sanitizer Kill Germs, Doug gives a brief overview of the history of the microscope, the basics of bacteria and viruses, and how alcohol, the main ingredient in hand sanitizer, dries out germs to destroy them. So what did you watch on your own? I watched Can Animals Laugh, uh, which the takeaway pretty much was, eh, we don't know. They make some, <laughs> they make some repetitive sounds when they seem to be having a good time, and those could be laughs. Uh, and then I watched How Do You Tell If a Mushroom is Poisonous? And the takeaway was, you become a mushroom expert. how about you what did you watch on your own i watched what's it like to be a twin and it mostly included anecdotal evidence about doug's twin sisters from his twin sisters (laughs) and then there was a really weird section in the middle that was like funhouse mirrors tricks with funhouse mirrors Hmm. okay that didn't seem to go with the twin theme at all. And because I have zero attention span right now, that's the only other video I watched. <laughs> I couldn't even stick with this for another five minute video. I'm sorry. <laughs> unless seriously, unless it's like a first person account of a survivor of COVID-19 or someone whose family member has COVID-19 or a doctor who's treating patients with COVID-19, I cannot pay attention to anything else. Oh, hun, I really think you got to get some stupid brainless reality TV in your life. I, I mean, so I too. understand wanting to be well-informed, but you need a brain break. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the concept. Uh, we've got a whole wealth of topics covered under the very loose umbrella of science. But Mm -hmm. as you said, the answers to the questions aren't necessarily all that illuminating. Do you think the topics covered are too broad or not broad enough? I mean, is it one of those things where, well, kids are just interested in everything, so they should be covering everything? It was really, I liked the turtle video. And that was the first one. And Mm -hmm. I thought that the way that Doug went about investigating it was really good because he was like let's look at a turtle up close let's look at a turtle skeleton these are the conclusions we've reached and it was a little bit like form a hypothesis at the beginning look at the evidence then come to a conclusion it didn't feel like the other videos held up that same scientific method rigor that the first one did And maybe we just picked the wrong videos. I mean, the hand sanitizer one was definitely interesting and like relevant Mm -hmm. to our current moment. But 
yeah, certainly the one about animals laughing and the one about distinguishing poisonous mushrooms, like those were totally unsatisfying answers. Yeah, I feel like if there was maybe more of a rubric about the way to handle these questions, I would have liked it a little better, but it felt a little too homespun Mm -hmm. to me. And as a former librarian, I was really frustrated because after accessing the Bat catalog, there was zero, I mean, there's not a ton of content. It's only been on since 2017 and it's a weekly thing, but Mm -hmm. still the search function was useless. Oh, every time I search, I type something into the search bar, it would just present me with the same two videos, like regardless, even if those videos had the words I searched for in them. Oh, that's really frustrating. Yeah. So that was problematic for me. So this kind of hits on an age old question that we have asked before in this podcast, the question of education versus entertainment. Deborah, I think I know what you're going to say, but did this hit the sweet spot at all for you? Were you both educated and entertained? I did not find them to be particularly entertaining, and I didn't feel like the educational objectives were being reached, met, really. I agree. I liked the sort of direct but non-condescending tone of Doug, the narrator, I thought Mm -hmm. his delivery was great, but beyond that, yeah, I can't say I was either entertained or educated. How do you think this stacked up to some of the other online educational content we've covered? I didn't think it compared very well. I was just, I was disappointed, especially since this is like something my kids watch in school every single week. I was disappointed by that, by it. I was thinking about it because obviously the one I've liked the most so far has been Crash Course, Mm -hmm. which again, listeners, if you haven't heard it, we covered it last summer in our YouTube for the summer series. Um, But I understood that there was room for different sites because Crash Course is geared towards significantly older kids. So I was excited to take a look at Mystery Doug, thinking maybe it would be more interesting for kids my age, my kids' ages. I did not necessarily find that to be the case, and I don't know how much of that is because I'm a grown-up, and obviously I'm going to be drawn towards the content that is a little bit more in depth. Yeah, I maybe going back to your first question, maybe the topics are too broad. I don't know. I mean, I think that's the thing that my kids like the most is that they get to vote on the questions and they think that they're having a say in what comes next. And mm-hmm. so I think it in that way it is like um, inspiring kids' curiosity a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. I think... There's a lot other, there's a lot more high quality educational content out and there. Maybe we should just back up and tell our listeners uh, as far as the interactive components of the episodes go, there will be occasional points at which the video stops to give kids a chance to hypothesize or to discuss something that Doug has brought up. And then at the end, there's always a segment in which he says, I have chosen three questions for my question jar take this poll and vote on which question I should answer next week. And that's what Deborah is referring to when she says her kids get really excited about voting. Mm -hmm. What about the educational TV shows, like not the online content? Do you think it compared favorably with any of that? 
Um, I'm thinking about, is it Sid the Science Kid? That one came to mind for me too. I remember that we didn't like Sid. (laughs) Um, But I think that the science part of that show was good. Yeah, it was a great example, I thought. And I don't know, I'd have to go back and listen to my probably mean review of it. (laughs) how to cover a scientific topic at some length because they're 20 22 minute shows Mm -hmm. but in a way that will still engage a preschooler when this is only a five minute clip and I didn't even necessarily find it engaging for all that long yeah do you think it's always a good idea to let the kids ask the questions I mean I know you said that's your kid's favorite part Um, I always like that part, like at the end of Curious George, when they have like the real kids doing something, I liked the part where the kids were asking the questions, but maybe, I don't know, maybe like have rewrite the question for the kids so that the, it could be a little more, the answer could be a little more focused. I don't know. Or like just make your parameters for what the questions can be more focused Or, I mean, it's not like he's not curating which three questions he's asking the kids to pick from. He doesn't have to pick ones that have no answer or are are super boring. (laughs) (laughs) We already talked a little bit about the delivery method, the once a week to your inbox. I just couldn't get past the whole you have to send this to five friends to get access to the back catalog it felt it gave me intense flashbacks to candy crush i never played candy crush but it did remind me of like email chain letters oh wow old school you know nobody wants those yeah nobody well just to fill you in on Candy Crush, if you get to, if you like lose all your lives and you want to move on to the next level, you either have to wait a certain amount of time, you can buy new lives, or you can like pester X number of people by sending them like a link to Candy Crush and then get a new life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that. Did you ever do that? Oh, God, no. I don't even pay for it. I'm just like, fine. I'll wait the 24 hours. I don't care that much. <laughs> so I don't usually say that I prefer YouTube to other presentational methods, but I think I actually preferred once I discovered that I could see all the videos on YouTube. It was easier to search there. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to fuss around with all the give us your information stuff. Yeah, I guess if you're a classroom teacher and this is a regular part of your curriculum, it makes sense to get the email about the Mystery Doug video on Mondays every week. I get that. But yeah, I was definitely put off by the website because I don't like to sign up for stuff. Like I even, when I order stuff on J.Crew, like I check out as guests Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I don't want to store all my stuff there. And I'm like a pretty pretty frequent order of things from jcrew.com. <laughs> well, what did you think about the production quality of the videos? I kind of loved the opening conceit, which is just a ringing, it's like a ringing iPhone screen and you see the face yeah. of mm-hmm. Doug. So then Doug picks up the phone and it's like he's talking to you. And when he decides to call the kid who asked the question, it's the same thing. You see their face with the, you know, answer this call icons. I thought that was a cute little conceit. 
Yeah, definitely. And I liked Doug a lot. I wanted to like this more than I did. I thought he was like very, he does seem like a regular guy who works as a science teacher mm-hmm. and had a good rapport with the kids and explained things well. It just, ugh. he has no John Green. Right. <laughs> uh, I think I already know what you're going to say about this, too. What did you think about the video length? Too long for you? <laughs> I think in a regular world, no, it was fine. Five, I think around five minutes for a mini science lesson is perfect. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going through your day like I sometimes am now and you have like a schedule a schedulized mm-hmm, yeah that's a thing mm-hmm. a scheduled blip of screen time for your kids just to like mm-hmm. get them off your bu- your back and you maybe want something that's a little more than five minutes but less than like a whole 20 minute show because then you can get something else done but that was my only complaint about video length I did notice on cosmic kids kids yoga on her website, you can sort by length of video. Did you see that? I didn't see that, but that is the other good thing about the new super yogas. They're fast. They're quick. Yeah, you can search for like under five minutes, I think between five and 15 minutes, and then over 15 minutes. So that might be something for you to try. Oh, Cosmic Kids Yoga, you're just so good. Yeah, totally. Doug, call Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> What adult movie or TV show does this compare to? Okay, so this really goes into my cast, the gritty HBO reboot. Okay. So I'm just kind of going to do them both at once if you'll stay with me. Okay, so you know in Sex and the City, when Carrie is writing her columns, she'll often uh-huh. be like, I couldn't help but wonder, are men yeah. just like socks in a drawer? <laughs> I want like... Carrie Bradshaw to be making all of these kids questions into like relationship equivalents on an episode of Sex in the City. <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder, can a turtle leave its shell? I thought of like the Mythbuster guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know how their questions get generated, but it seems like they might get questions from what? viewers yeah and then remember your old food network crush alton brown yes yeah this kind of reminded me of that too because he's always trying to answer he's making new content now oh nice yeah there are new good eats episodes on hulu and he's going back and like revisiting his earliest episodes and saying what he would do different it's really cute and it's good to see him again oh alton you're getting me through quarantine so you cast the gritty HBO reboot. I would like to see the opposite of Mystery Dog, which I believe would be Tiffany Haddish, answer weird science questions. I like it. Sort of like, have you watched that Netflix series at all? It's like whatever explained. No, I haven't. So they did this. It's like a bunch of mini series, a bunch of limited series under that rubric. And the only one I've watched any of is the one called Sex Explained, and it's all narrated by Janelle Monet. Okay. Who is kind of an awesome narration pick. Is it good? <laughs> um, I found it to be mostly unnecessary, but I guess I'm glad it exists in the world. Sure. So was it better when we were kids? I don't think that this is 
any better than the content we had, like your 321 Contact, your, I don't know, Voyage of the Mimi, your like standard kids PBS educational programming. The only advantage being searchability online, which as we covered, you can really only do on YouTube. Yeah, I kept coming back to Bill Nye, who I think wasn't around when I was quite a kid kid, but he was definitely around in my youth. Mm -hmm. And he, it was a different thing, but I don't think this is better than Bill Nye, not by a long shot. No. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No, not even to get like fast answers to things to tell my kids. No. Yeah, same. 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids. I mean, it's not bad for my kids, but I'm confident there's better stuff out there. Yeah, because my kids already like it so much and their school has been so disrupted. I'm going to keep them watching this on Mondays. I think it's probably going to be an assignment anyway. I don't think it's bad, but I think there's better science content. Oh, speaking of science content, and I will say that I did not explore it much, but up at the top, Deborah mentioned that Mystery Doug is actually an offshoot of this site called Mystery Science, which is very hard to Google because you'll get all the Mystery Science Theater 3000 things. But Mystery Science does have a bunch of free curricula available specifically for parents who are dealing with homeschooling due to COVID-19. So it might be worth a trip to their website just to take a peek uh, at what is over there if you're looking for some more long-form content. Nice. Good idea. Ratings? Uh, This is hard. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can't say that the content is bad it's just fine. I guess I then, yeah. then that's like a classic 2.5. Like you got to go straight up the middle, right? Yeah. I'll give it a three. Aww. Half point for likability. Yeah. He does seem like a charming guy, that Doug. Yeah. Does it worry you at all that half of the team behind this is a former Facebook employee? Um, I guess I find it curious. Maybe we should send that question in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Doug, is your website harvesting our personal information? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and our five friends. All right, guys. Well, we hope that you are staying safe out there. You are staying sane. And as always, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can still find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. Like we said, we're going to try to keep the educational content coming for you guys. We know it's a struggle to come up with things for your kids to do every day, and we are here to say we feel you. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at, at myscreentime2, or you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children, and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye!